Welcome to Vernacular Reality, the VR-focused extension of Language Matters by Diplomatic Language Services. Join me, Blythe Collins, as I explore how a language company can implement virtual reality as a learning tool. Today, I'm back with Chris and Sean to discuss more about language learning in virtual reality. More specifically, today we are discussing different potential perspectives from users and more about why VR for language learning is important for DLS and for our industry. Welcome back, guys. It's great to have you. Thanks, Blythe. It's great to be here. Yeah, awesome to be here. Thanks for having us. Diving right back in, I know we briefly discussed the project that's in the works on our last episode, but in case we have any new listeners, can we just get a summary of what DLS is currently working on in terms of VR? Yeah, absolutely. We're creating these photorealistic virtual environments that our students and instructors are going to be immersed in together where they can collaborate and perform activities together. And so these virtual environments are going to be constructed from 3D images that we're taking from real life locations around the world. And these would be locations that our students are typically planning to go to. Uh, so initially, we're beginning with a location in China called Tashia Village in Fujian province. We've also started working on other countries as well. Great. So from the perspective of someone who has never used VR before, let's start with what exactly language learning in VR looks like. Uh, we make the comparison to um, sort of this existing tool in the language instruction field uh, called ISO immersive role play, um, where it could be as, as simple as like lining up a few chairs in a classroom and calling that a bus and then role playing a ticket purchase on the bus, or it could be as complex as decorating a room and setting up tables with props and, and making those into shops or banks or dinner parties. Um, so that's something that people already do within their, their language training curriculum. Um, and, and what VR language learning intends to do is take that concept and, and just make it much more rich and, um, and culturally appropriate, much more detailed, while also making it possible to repeat these exercises uh, and, and have the ability to do them without having to take over a room and decorate it, set up tables with a bunch of props. I know that a lot of foreign language learners are probably receiving the, the classic advice of, you know, the best way to learn a language is to go to the place where it's spoken, you know, really go and be surrounded by it. Yeah, that was definitely my experience. And that was the experience of many students where the common advice we receive when we share or reveal with people that we're learning a foreign language uh, is that, yeah, you should really go there. And, and it makes sense. There really is a preference to the people have for experiential learning. And at the same time, people don't like making mistakes. And, and that's particularly, I think, a challenge that our students face in terms of the high expectations that are on them, where they need to have a real professional working level of proficiency by the time they get there or before they get there. And that's always been our core purpose as a business since our founding, which is to prepare them for that, you know, giving them that professional working level of proficiency by the time they get there, which is really challenging because a lot of people will say you really need to have, you know, a significant amount of time immersed in the language and culture to have that level of proficiency and consistently be successful in those situations. 
we're really hoping that the VR product that we're developing is going to help us achieve that with them. Yeah, you know, my parents, they have, uh, they have this friend that he used to work in uh, chemical weapon nonproliferation. He used to work for a government bureau that would, would go out and inspect uh, chemical weapon storage facilities, these old facilities in former Soviet bloc countries to make sure that they weren't storing new chemical weapons there. And so that's not really the sort of environment that you can go to and immerse yourself in for three, six months beforehand. You know, you're, you're working with military personnel, you're working in a, in a highly technical field where uh, the terminology is just not something you're going to experience in day-to-day life. Um, those are things that are really important to prepare for. And uh, just, it's not really possible to do that just by going and living somewhere you're not going to you're not going to live in Romania for six months and and get any experience with military bases while you're there right that's some background and then this is perfect for our students you know it's beneficial for their learning and really great for that important practice that is going to matter from the perspective of those who maybe have used VR before, what do you think is so special about our application? So you, know, you look at the market of, of language learning apps that are out there. Most of them are, are smartphone oriented. There's very few that are VR uh, oriented. Um, but of, of all the apps that are out there, I think ours is one of the few that's really focused on an existing one-on-one language instruction curriculum. Um, The vast majority of the apps that are available are vocabulary drilling, um, or they might have pre-canned videos that you watch and then maybe respond to uh, with like a a multi-choice selection of dialogue. And those things can be really great for, for practice, um, but they don't really get you into that sort of dynamic conversation and social interaction that is so important for a language learning. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of like the difference between going onto YouTube and finding workout videos versus hiring a personal trainer. Okay, so how how will that sort of thing actually be used within a classroom? Um, for example, let's say I'm taking a one-on-one language class and I'm really enjoying the class and I'm loving my instructor. Uh, Will the instructor be involved somehow in this VR language learning or am I just going to be on my own uh, wandering around this foreign place? Yeah, your instructor is there in the the virtual environment with you. Um, We're developing a number of different interaction styles. Uh, It could be, they could be in the same physical room with you uh, working from their PC while you're you're on a VR headset, or they might be meeting with you over the internet, sort of like a teleconferencing system. And we provide a, a voice chat system from within the application, so that you feel like you are you are talking to another person who's who's standing right in front of you. Um, but in in either case, you're still working directly with your teacher going through these different activities. Yeah, we're trying to make sure we start with use cases that are as close as possible to DLS's core business, which is primarily instructor-led language training, and DLS's core purpose, which from our founding has primarily been preparing people for human interaction in a foreign language, culture, and environment. And this is where the instructor's involvement really becomes essential. 
But in addition to using it one-on-one -on -one with an instructor and in small groups, we've also planned since early on for our students on their own to be able to go in and freely explore locations that they're interested in and do activities there in a self-directed way. We think this could be beneficial to the students in the same way flashcards, online quizzes, or other kinds of language learning apps could be used for homework. It'd be a great way for the student to familiarize themselves with the location, vocabulary, activities, et cetera, in preparation for class with their instructor. And because our training is tailored responsively to the needs of the individual student, in the process of exploring it, they may find things that they're interested in, concerns about what challenges they may face in the real life environment, or questions that they have about the language, location, or culture that they can bring up with the instructor when they're in class together. Yeah, I love how customizable and immersive this application seems to be, um, but that's just me and my opinion. Switching perspectives. There may be some listening to this thinking, I don't like video games, or I got sick the last time I used VR. What would you tell those people? Uh, that's, you know, a really big concern for us. Um, the simulator sickness issue is, uh, is a really big deal because we're not just covering, you know, gaming enthusiasts. We're covering uh, a very broad range, very diverse range of people. And uh, so we keep a very, very close eye on the latest academic research in VR systems design and, um, and designing for comfort in VR. Um, I've even kind of taken a page out of like airline flight safety systems and how uh, they analyze and categorize risk. And, um, and so through, through that literature review and through our testing, we've, uh, we've come up with a test battery of very explicit design metrics that our applications must adhere to, uh, to, to address all of these known causes of simulator sickness. And we have this all codified in, in our engineering documentation to make sure that everything we make uh, hits those points. But then as for you know, not liking video games, uh, it's certainly something I can understand. You know, I used to love video games when I was a kid, but since I've had my own children, I, I just don't really have the patience for video games anymore. Uh, and it's, I think it's really you know, taking, a, taking a look at... Um, sort of other areas of computing, you, know, you can kind of draw the analogy to, to existing applications, how you might compare Microsoft's Word uh, program to their Minesweeper program, and how these two programs, they're, they're very different in purpose, but they actually have a lot of very similar user interaction elements in them. They have buttons, they, you use a mouse pointer to click on these buttons, um, it's all graphical elements on the screen, um, but they're but at the end of the day, their purpose is very very different. And you look at the history of of how these systems were developed um, back early on. People people thought two D graphical user interfaces were only for games, and here we are thirty years later. You know nobody uses uh, nobody uses the old text mode interfaces anymore. We all do our work in this environment. So we think of virtual reality as a general purpose computing interface. Um, there'll be a lot of similarities between how you interact with our application and how you might interact with a virtual reality game, um, just in the sense that you're wearing a headset, you will have controllers in your hand, you'll have point buttons that you'll have to click on and, and things you might pick up and, and ways that you might interact with the system 
but ultimately they're they're very very different sorts of applications and it's really comes down to the motivation of what you're doing um so this isn't a video game this is definitely a learning tool okay well that's reassuring uh, so say I'm just taking regular classes, enjoying them. And why would it be so important to do language learning in VR? Can I just keep taking my regular classes? Yeah, you know, we're designing this as, uh, as a tool that teachers and students will decide for themselves that uh, they'll want to use. Uh, in a lot of same ways that uh, a teacher and a student will work together to decide if they're going to use flashcards or if they're going to use YouTube videos as a portion of their language instruction, um, you know, this, this VR experience is another tool that will be at their disposal. Um, but we really hope that uh, we can demonstrate uh, what a lot of the latest academic research is, is showing that, that VR really improves the learning process um, not just for language learning, but for for all kinds of learning, um, we've seen we've seen evidence that um, that having this immersive environment really improves student motivation. Uh, it's it's an enjoyable experience. Uh, the The richness of the detail draws people in, uh, and they just want to practice more. Um, but there's also there's also improvement in comprehension of the material. Um, having the having the higher fidelity of of information provided to them, having the uh, the culturally appropriate visuals and sounds, um, really kind of sets the stage for the learning. And and people find that their recall of that information is is greatly improved. Um, you know, there's also the there's also an, an aspect called embodied cognition. Which is uh, you know kind of colloquially called uh, you know muscle memory. Um, there's neurochemistry involved where where having these multiple sensory inputs during the learning process, it uh, it creates multiple neural pathways for that information that you're learning, and so it's sort of like just deeply embedding that that learned knowledge in your brain and and giving multiple ways of of recalling it for you kind of like how kind of like how a, a smell can recall a memory for you um or or hearing a certain jingle can bring you back in time to something that happened in your past um you know all of those different all of those different sensory cues uh linked together in our memory and then for and then specifically for language learning, we see that having this having this immersive environment, having this rich uh, rich detail in the content, uh, really improves people's listening and speaking abilities. And we're getting out of a, out of kind of a contrived scenario and into a much more realistic scenario, and people find that it's just. It's just easier to understand what's going on when when you have that dynamic, realistic simulation of something. Yeah, awesome. Well, I am super excited to hear about the progress of all of this. You know, all this work as your team continues to work on everything. I'm glad that we got to cover a few different perspectives, um, a few different opinions that people could be thinking about as we you know talk about this more and more. Um, and thank you guys so much for your time today. It's always great to have you and always great to learn more from you. Farewell, fellow French fry friends. Later, taters. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. 
Thanks for joining us for this episode of Vernacular Reality. I hope you'll continue the conversation with us by searching Diplomatic Language Services on Facebook and LinkedIn, following us on Instagram at DC Language, or tweeting us at Diplomatic LS. 